with Revenge of the Sith, the saga is now complete. For the first time on the internet, two blokes talk about the Star Wars prequel trilogy. If you want to hear Kevin and I review Star Wars Episode 1, Episode 2, and now Episode 3, you can do so as part of Cinema Swirl over on patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Plus, you'd get access to every other episode of Cinema Swirl. There's 30 now in total, instantly accessible for $5 OTP backers. To find out more, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Right, let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl! Excuse me, these pyjamas are meant to be silk, but they're twine. It's episode number 79, romping through the pyjamery of Hollywood, California. It's me, your old pal, Cowboy Pyjamas Kevin Mann, settling up as I am always in this look back at all of the incredible bottoms and loungewear tops of movies that are blockbusters that my OTP, Sam, he only hasn't went and bloody seen them. Sam, hello, how are you today? Hello, excuse me, have you got this in a large? Because I'm after large big blockbuster movies right now in the clothes shop of Hollywood. I want some big blockbuster trousers right here. It don't get much more larger than British espionage or James Bond. Mm. And yes, the time of year has come once again where it's a little bit hotter, we're a little bit giddier, we're a little bit sweatier, which means it's time for summer bonding. Whee! New tradition. It's coming in. We're summer hey. bonding. But once a year, we shall bond in the summer over watching James Bond for the films that we've watched. <laughs> you know, when you say it, it's hot and sweaty, I am very, very warm and very sweaty for listeners at home. And so maybe the heat's gone to my head, but that's part of the thrill of summer bonding right here. And there's a lot well, of exactly, yeah. Your hot-headedness is not necessarily going to stop me from bonding with you this summer. Come hell or high... Actually, if you study chemistry, you realise that heat will actually help create... Wait, no, heat might actually break bonds. No, 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 it's all right. We'll still do it. It's okay. It's a good idea. Because we realise if we think back to last year's offerings, we had Live and Let Die with excellent results. We also, after that, had Die Another Day with which you can live and let. And that also was a bag of laughs and then we had I believe at the time the first ever reverse swirl yes. so that was with Casino Royale our bonds grow deep Sam is what I'm saying strong ionic iconic bonds <laughs> oh. and uh, I tell you Kevin last time we watched a bit of Roger Moore but now we're watching some more Sean Connery, right? You hey. see what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> I thought you were about to be coming at me and saying that Sean Connery is an ionic strong bond. <laughs> or you don't want that covalent, wishy-washy Roger Moore sharing of electrons. <laughs> Very weak, weak bonds, that was. <laughs> None of your covalent here. Full-on ionic Connery-style bonding. Here we go. Now, this is, of course, not the first time that we've danced with the devil, brackets, Sean Connery. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has shown up in previous offerings, and in spite of his personal life, we've been a fan of what we've seen of old Connors. Yes. A magnetic... Oh, no, I'm going back to the bonding again now. A, a charismatic presence on screen. An interesting guy, to say the least. We have dabbled in Connery through both The Rock and The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. His final 
film, I think, before he retired. Oh. So, yeah, we've seen a bit of Connery. We sort of know what to expect, but we've not watched any Connery Bond together. Now, a thing to get out of the way up top is that I have seen Goldfinger. So that's oh. not on here. I saw that a long time ago. It's one of those things that you are often surprised about. A film that I had to watch for college to do with music tech so and sound ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, because in the UK and college, I can do photography and James Bond and James Bond Jr. as well as my add-on course. I had to watch all 30 episodes of it. Well, no, I did an AS level in James Bond, mate. Get it get it right, all right? I didn't stick oh, on for sorry, the play. Oh, sorry. My apologies. My apologies. Yeah. Now, I don't have many questions, obviously, to ask you about your anticipation or expectations for From Russia With Love, which is a movie the most I could say about is that we are definitely doing it for this episode episode that you're listening to right here right now in your ears mm. but i was wondering if you could have a guess of what the theme song might be for from russia with love oh um oh no i don't know if i do know this one i know a few bond themes do i know from russia with love nobody loves from russia <laughs> Get sending love to james bond from russia Sending love to my mate James. But um, oh, you you had serious fucking football chant vibes going with that one there. <laughs> da, 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 Russia. From Russia with love just sounds like some sort of an ill-fated trip to Euro qualifiers or yeah. something like that. Um, from Russia with love. From Russia. Da, da, da. He's the man. The man <laughs> who comes from town <laughs> i think it's the man who comes with love it's jesus's love <laughs> i don't know the theme song for from russia with love and i feel like i really should that was less of a do you know it already and more of a oi music musy which is what i'm going to call musicians from now on oi musy um, <laughs> give me a theme song for from russia with love that's all i was, I was assuming was going to happen you know i thought i was going to like improv one that's how music works right you gotta come from Russia with love. You gotta oh. send your love from Russia. He's James Bond and he's a spy, but he's not <laughs> a loving guy. You gotta send oh your my love God. to Jimmy Bond because <laughs> it's really good. The only problem, the only problem. <laughs> That's a Dalton song you're singing there now. Okay. That's not, you can't imagine. Now, Connery is many things, but a mover and a shaker, he's not. I think we can agree upon no. that. Like. Okay, needs a bit, something a bit slower for Connery. Well, before we get into our movie <laughs> du jour, why don't we head down the very long, complicated spy corridor full of traps to enter Q's mailbag. It's the mailbag. Welcome to the mailbag. I've managed to decode the bag, undo it, and there's diamonds in it, and also mail from uh, listeners. Pay, pay attention, 007. This mailbag may look like an ordinary bag, but it's actually filled to the brim with stuff from socials again, for fuck's sake. Look, I put out a call on socials for Bond-related questions. Can we start calling this the Trojan horse instead of the mailbag? Feels more fitting at this point. All right, well, I thought it would be quite smart on the socials to tie it in. With the, we're doing a Bond vote, get people on the socials to come in with their questions related to Bond, summer bonding. First question, here we go. How do I create an emotional bond with people? Much help needed. That, no, not that one. We'll take that one oh, away. Oh, look, you go up to the biggest, kindest fucker in the yard <laughs> and you... you... <laughs> 
you look him you look him right in the eyes you shake his hand and if you're feeling it then you can modify the handshake into a little hug okay. the best I think for a bond I could think of there you go that only works in prison mind now don't be trying that at home no 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 now we've had a couple of questions here from both Mick and Bobby asking something about a kind of prevalent bond theory that I think it would be worth us trying to delve into a little bit if this is this idea that there are multiple men who've portrayed James Bond now I think there's credence to this theory I've been piecing this together myself now and I'm pretty sure it's all above board well what do you think to the theory that not only is Bond a code name but the Connery's Bond is also in The Rock. Well, that's from Mick, and I'm not... <laughs> okay, well... Whoa, whoa, whoa! That, that, that Connery's character in The Rock is also Bond. No. No, no, no. Yeah, you can't come at me with some fucking tantalising, do you think this, and then go straight on flat earth on me like that. That's not how we play conspiracies okay. here on Cinema Swirl. Bobby's come in with something much more concise here. Is James Bond one person or a code name within MI5? Bobby's come in with something. Mickey's come down with something <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> Right? <laughs> sort it out, Mick, now, come on. Sort it out, Mick, come on. We're not going to get into that kind of wild conspiracy. But the idea that James Bond... I mean, so James Bond, we know, portrayed by different actors throughout the whole series of films, right? And they never address... Betrayed by several actors, it's true. Like, he think he could trust any of his co-stars and they'd always stab him in the back to advance their careers. Yes, but the men who have been betrayed have been betrayed by <laughs> multiple actors across the years. It's never acknowledged on screen in the fiction of the James Bond universe that there has been a change. But then, the, so the Daniel Craig Bonds are a reboot, but the other ones are a consistent through line. Like, it's supposed to be the same guy, isn't it? Well, is there this kind of idea then that the original emotional place to end Bond before rebooting it is the logical point, which is die another day. Because once James Bond has had a race with the sun, what is there really, you know, when he raced the sun, there were no more spy feats for him yet to conquer still. Yeah. But it is interesting. I mean, you know, you could either subscribe to that or you could subscribe to the much more fun belief that it is the moniker which is passed. You have to kill James Bond to become James Bond, is what I'm saying. Oh. Oh, okay. So you're saying that the new James Bonds have killed the old James Bonds and they've become James Bond. Yeah, it's like the Highlander, pretty much. And because Connery's involved, that raises even more eyebrows, if you honestly or my, my opinion on it, like, you know? So that's what I think it is. And, like, I have myself mm. opted not to kill Daniel Craig. Right. I'm putting it out there. That's all I'm saying, you know? I'd rather betray a betrayer than portray a betrayer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do know what you're saying. I know exactly Good. what you're saying. I do wonder with this, but then you've got like Q across, played by the same actor across multiple things, never acknowledging it. And R as well. And R and M. They're never acknowledging the change. I don't think that's a thing. I just think it's played by a different guy, but that's fine. And it doesn't need to be retroactively added on, you know? I tell you what, right, I want to gather up all the proponents of this prominent theory, mm. every one of them, and we'll sit down, we'll watch the last movie that each Bond actor portrayed. The last one each. Yeah. Which I'm going to hazard to guess is never the best one. Like, if you went up to any of them and said, hey, show me your Bond, they're not going to go, oh, the last one, though. Oh, no, you really you really have to see <laughs> View to a Kill. Or I mean, I say you have to see View to a Kill, but mm. them betrayers, would betray you and they would be scared to show you because they're often generally critically received the worst so it's simply a matter that Bond gets too old 
and too shit and they get a car mount and get a new one. In yeah. the same way that we periodically get replaced by more interesting versions of ourselves across oh, yeah. the course of this podcast. There's the whole theory that Sam Chaplin died around episode 30 and was replaced by a new guy. You know when we started doing the remote recordings? And there, yeah, was, a, exactly. there was a noticeable shift and you're like, this guy doesn't quite... Hold on a minute. And, the, you know, the whole thing that, oh, it's a different guy. Obviously, that's not true. I know, the fringe theory that he's a composite AI made up of the previous... 60 episodes before then <laughs> that has i mean i'm just saying there's some things out there man that's all i'm saying you know unrelated to bond do you think we'll ever get to a point where we could just load up episodes of cinema swirl and have ai just pump out new <laughs> new content from it yes but only if that content could then be turned into an nft that's yes. the only way i'd ever allow that to happen okay fair enough more questions here thank you mick and bobby ashley simply asks how do you like your oh, mother you tell me ashley simpson was writing in now and i was getting all excited Hold up now. It's 2004's next big thing, Ashley Simpson. Ashley Simpson is asking whether tuna is chicken. No, a- Ashley's writing. <laughs> Don't you fucking tar Ashley with Jessica's brush. Oh, that's She's a done different... too much right, of that okay. in her career. God almighty. <laughs> no wonder Danny Minogue didn't get out of the burning light of her sister with people like you bringing them down. I'm so sorry. I got my Simpsons confused. Ashley writes... <laughs> so... So warm. How do you like your martini, shaken or stirred? There we go. That's the question. Martini, shaken oh. or stirred? I don't think I've ever been given the choice. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be shaken. Stirred is like, you know, whatever, man. You know, that that's your thing. But I think the most important thing is that it's to be ice cold. Yes. You know, that's how I like it. I want it ice cold, so I want it shaken to fuck. And you know what? I want all little bits of ice to get in it as well. How about that, you cocktail freaks? Yeah! You ever have a martini that's got a bit of crunch at the end of it because there's ice chips have found their way into the bottom? That's what I want. I want crunchy ice chips with my olive tea. Is there? Now, I'm sure scientifically there is, right? But I'm a contrarian. Is there a difference in shaking some and stirring some in terms of how the drink tastes? Yes, yes it is. Why, Mr. Science Man? As far as I can tell, the jostling sometimes can produce a cloudier drink. Uh, Because I know, like, if you want to make a Manhattan, for instance, which is Mm. a whiskey or a rye cocktail, if you shake it, it will come out looking like this cloudy mess just because the way the ice interacts with the alcohol when it's shook up. Whereas if you stir it, you stir it like 30 times or whatever it is very diligently and then strain it out carefully and it's all beautiful and crystally clear. So I was just assuming Uh. it was as a result of, like, little fragments fragments of the ice coming out that being said it's been established that my science is purely hypothetical zoology based stuff and not based in the realm of alcohol or chemistry never mind any of that stuff earlier on we were talking about that was all a joke because it was a hot day and we were trying to remind you of being in a chemistry lesson but i just want a cold martini though i know yeah. right just oh like a, no oh. here i like one second i'm like oh don't be drinking that pepsi i'm like oh but how about this lovely cocktail <laughs> go on Imagine how lovely it should be. So thank you, Ashley, for that question. I don't know. I don't know which one I prefer. I just take what I'm given, really. Tell you what. Yeah. You've gotten jab one, right? I've got jab one. Jab one down. I got Pfizer. Very, hey, samesies. Pfizer boys. Good shit right there, you We're know. We're good in uh, Pfizer, having the Pfizer, injected with Pfizer. I like the Pfizer, drinking a Tizer. <laughs> I made the vaccine, not the, not the nurse, but the person who checked me into the vaccination centre. I made them laugh. Because I said, can I just confirm that I'm getting the <laughs> Pfizer vaccine? Because I hadn't gotten anything saying I was. Yeah. And she looked at a piece of paper and went, yeah, the vaccine of the day is... Pfizer. 
And I went, oh, like soup of the day. And then she laughed. And it was oh. the easiest. Like, if I could do stuff like that for ye, it'd be much easier. I thought she was already doing a joke there. Like the vaccine of the day. I thought she was already doing a soup of the day good. No, no, because it was it was the type of laugh that broke away the bond with her work. Like a covalent <laughs> bond might simply break away, you know, because it's not, not a very strong bond, you know. But yes, in answer to your question, I'm vaxxed up part one getting vaxxed up i'm just saying when we're fully vaxxed up it feels like an in-person recording is long since overdue oh, yeah, yeah yeah and i will shake and stir a martini for you and we'll get to the fucking bottom of this yeah that sounds like some content right there <laughs> yeah exactly no more problematic pepsi bullshit hard clear liquors is the only way from now on with a salty olive the, oh olives can get bent I don't like oh olives. my god ah. you you'll get yourself bent around an olive and you're going to like it <laughs> All right. <laughs> One more question here from James. Bond, possibly. Who writes? <laughs> oh, he didn't. I don't think Bond probably does that when he's sending emails and he's all undercover. He'd be like, no, first name only, I think. And no one's going to know who the fuck it is. From James. And then the kind of curious emoji. Of like, mm? Right. <laughs> Kevin, this is the question here. Kevin, what do the Irish think of Mr. Bond? Sam, what do the British think the Irish think of Mr. Bond? It's, I mean, I assume, right, that James Bond is just as big of a thing in Ireland and there's no... He's, you know, he's a, he's a good well, guy. Well, for me, growing up with Pierce Brosnan from literally 20 minutes down the road in Navin... There you go. And, like, we used to be blown away by that. Like, that was, like, a genuine point of pride. Mm. And that's coinciding with... I think if you look back at all those 90s Bonds in particular, his Britishness is... In the early 90s particularly, his Britishness is quite downplayed, almost to the point of non-existence. He's just generic, like, you know, English spy or whatever, but we aren't getting our Union Jack. They're not talking a lot about king and country or, you know, threats against the United Kingdom. It's always... A, he was very much a global British spy at that point. It right. was Cameron bond by the 90s even is what i'm saying whereas i feel like back in the 60s you know when you're a scottish guy it was a point of pride for the english <laughs> but i would say given with all the pop culture icons and whatnot mm. if there's been any attempts to co-opt james bond as being like a symbol of breast to british i don't think it's like the closest i ever got was during the olympics when they used bond a lot you know in the kind of the danny did he parachute down with the queen he did and that was probably the most british thing i ever saw james bond did so mm. Contrary to what you think that, yes, most Irish probably don't have a lot of nice things to say usually about people in espionage positions killing randomly and getting away with this. Oh, yeah. When you put it like that, I Prosecute James Bond is what I'm saying. You bring him under, he's fucking crimes against humanity, all right? Mm. It's a fucking crying shame hiding behind the government and hiding behind the queen that James Bond is. So in spite of all that, it was just like, it was a hometown thing. And I think that could well be because I was living down the road from Nav and where Pierce was, you know? Yeah, but that's your experience of Bond, and that's where you started with Bond. That was He was your first Bond, surely. Yeah. And my dad, like, he all he has all memories of seeing Bond all through growing up and all that. Yeah. But despite his roots in the military and espionage services of the United Kingdom, no, surprisingly, there's not many people trying to car-bomb James Bond. <laughs> Well, there we go. Thank you, James, for your question. And thank you all for your questions into the mailbag. If you've got any more questions for future episodes, you can send them on in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. It's so fucking hottest, and I don't think this bag is <laughs> even going to stay stuck. Like, literally, the perspiration between the Velcro clasps 
is to the yeah. point now where it's basically like trying to like hold a pig's mouth shut and just <laughs> slipping around. Whatever is bonding that bag together is very loose and gummy at the moment. Yeah, it's ropey stuff. It is a hot day, folks at home. It is very hot here. We're having a hot time. I associate James Bond a lot with Christmas time. I've said this before, but mm. we already have stuff planned for Christmas. So it's my theory that by watching this now, we're going to cool off. <laughs> and he's obviously, you know, it's from Russia with love. So it's going to oh, be some sort of a cool breeze coming. Yeah. through there right yeah look do i need to try and have a guess at what the plot's gonna be here not really we're talking quite early bond so i mean what are you expecting in terms of like are you expecting any particular baddies organizations are you expecting because you know this is early bond very early bond i'm not sure if you're expecting him to have you know gadgets q money penny m the whole you know extended bondiverse I would hope so. I can't really remember much of my watching of Goldfinger other than I know I've definitely watched it and I remember some... And that's the only Connery Bond you've seen, right? I think so. Yeah, pretty sure. I swore there was more. When we were looking at the list, I was like, there's got to be more of Con Bond. Yeah, there's not as much as you think. Like yeah. five or six or whatever it is, yeah. So it's from Russia with love. Mm-hmm. So therefore, baddies can't be from Russia because the love's coming from Russia, right? It's not from Russia with ill intentions. It's not from Russia with hate. What was going on in the 60s with Russia, Sam? Cold War. The Cold, Cold War. War. Was it Cold War? I'm wondering, what's your anticipation? Do you think that, you know, Bond has to kind of make up a lot of international intrigue in the more recent entries, you know? Yeah. With white guys in North Korean space marine armor in Die Another Day, etc. Yeah, to yeah, contend yeah, with. Yeah. Do you think that Bond will be all of, with the bloody politics and all the bullshit of the politics in the height of the Cold War in the 60s? Like, do you think it's going to be a political, like, here's the threat from Russia or here's the threat of a Cold War? Ah, go to the cinema and think about war! I sort of think with early Bond, there'll be a little bit of that, but mostly it'll just be, here's Baddie, Baddie's Russian, here's some nice, you know, Russian ladies that Mr. Bond can, <laughs> nice take, t- can take an interest in, I would imagine. I'm hoping, as we saw in Die Another Day, there'll be baddies on skis. Oh, I'm hoping there's some time. snow action. I'm hoping there's some cool snow stuff. I'm hoping there's some great gadgets, some glamour, some cool locations around Russia. What's the Bond feeling? Because you've talked about the Star Wars feeling recently. Yeah. You know, you've, t- you've talked about the feeling in certain movies and franchises. We're obviously looking for the Bond feeling tonight. What is that Bond feeling for you as a viewer? With Bond, maybe not fist pumping it, but they're kind of satisfying. Like, yeah, he's g-. You know, it... Mm. You know, for me, it's the thrill of, like, an action scene, but then something happening during that action scene that makes you go, aha, now, ah, mm. very, yes, very good, you know? It's not just smash, bang, wallop. Yes, uh, you want some suaveness as well, you want some quips, you want some cool from Bond. You want the blaring, mad action, everything going on, but the guy looking immaculate and still being cool and collected all the same. We don't want a gritty Bond who's, like, sweating and struggling. We want... We want Bond perspiration-free in a Mm. full tuxedo on the beach. Yes, that's what I want. Or (laughs) in a full tuxedo on skis. Oh, I'll take that as well. Yeah, that's good. Bond doesn't wear a woolly hat. You know, that's what I'm saying. Bond's not going to wear ski goggles, right? He's just going to be fully dressed as James Bond. Going down a mountain or something. Might be a helicopter. You're expecting a lot of action then, it seems. I think so. Or maybe I'm going too early doors in Bond for expecting high octane stuff. That's it, because like, oh, I've seen this way back in the day, but that's my only inclination towards this is that I know it's on the earlier side of things. Yeah. So I wonder if you are going to get 
such degrees of action, but if mm. they are topping it up with suaveness and glamour, then perhaps the Bond feeling will be felt. A nice car, maybe. A nice, cool a, a nice car. A nice car. Nice cold glass of car. <laughs> a nice cold glass of car, a nice cold Russian lady, and <laughs> some cold-ass Bond action. Let's go do a cinema swirl. Sam, initial gush reaction from Russia with love? No, really? Like, like a choir of unsure angels that was like there, folks. That's the gut reaction. That's the reaction I had. You know what? I'm willing to say it. I'm perfectly happy to be talked around from that reaction <laughs> to eventually realise that I appreciated this film. But I... Hmm. Hmm. Uh, oh, seriously? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Complete, I thought you would have loved this. You know, just uh, hot off the watch there, I figured, yeah, that's got to be a Sam Chaplin cup of tea, right? I do remember all that stuff I was saying about that, how like I want him to be suave and cool and just be wearing a suit all the fucking time. All the fucking... You said all the fucking time, I'm pretty sure. It's maybe a case of be careful what you wish for. But I don't know. Something didn't quite click for me with this one. But that's gut reaction, you know? And maybe through the process of going back through it and remembering it, I might... Mm. No, I don't want this movie podcast to descend into me gaslighting you into thinking something different. <laughs> no, but I feel like now I've, I've completely buried the lead, to use my incorrect use of that term, and I've just sort of said that it's... Mm. You know, eh. The lead is not buried, however, because the lead contains within it the supporting cast of the reason why you feel this way. <laughs> right, and yeah, yeah. And I think it's high time that the Academy recognises those people as well. So I think we'll get on to digging through your thoughts on this, Sam. But my gut isn't always to be trusted, and my gut sometimes doesn't have very solid reasons for feeling how it feels. But... <laughs> I used to say very solid bowel movements. For some <laughs> I just started thinking about yackles and, you know, and gut health and my. Oh. Probes. I am shitting weird constantly, so do not trust my gut <laughs> for this. I mean, sort of you thing. don't even trust your guts, like, no, you know. <laughs> no, well, that's if... different, though, isn't it? It's different between oh, I don't trust my gut to I don't trust my guts. You know, that's different, isn't it, though? <laughs> yeah, but initially, and from watching this, I just kind of was a little bit. Maybe I've kind of over-egged it a bit and made it sound really negative, but I was not blown away by this film, is what I will say. Okay, very interesting. Mm. So we are kind of early enough in the Bond canon. I wanted to double-check that. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> yes, yeah, found out it was produced by a guy named... <laughs> Albert or Broccoli. Yeah, the, the Broccoli family. You don't know about the Broccolis? I don't know about the Broccolis. I think Albert Broccoli might be Cubby Broccoli, but there's definitely a Cubby Broccoli. Amazing. Yeah. Mate, I've got a Cubby full of Broccoli at the moment. It was on sale in Aldi. Oh, that's one of those like names you hear throughout knowing a, bit, a little bit about Bond, the, the Broccoli family. I think Barbara Broccoli might be in charge at the moment. That's 
such a Marvel name. Barbara Broccoli? Come on. No, what that is, is like a school healthy eating campaign trying to come up with a character that can be like these Marvel superheroes. Like, well, Barbara Broccoli is coming to the rescue with a nice five-a-day healthy meal. So that's the real superpower. Or Barbara Broccoli would be this, like, boring caricature who would get fucking smashed to pieces by the radical Campbell's zany meatballs in a tin. You remember that? Do you know, I was talking about the other night with Joe. Do you remember that time in the 90s when there was like an, a, an ad campaign which seemed to be masquerading them trying to feed dog food to children in radical colours under the guise of them being extreme and radical meatballs? Nice try. Nice try. I'm not sure if I do remember cool like tinned meatballs. Well, I'll tell you what. They sat on the shelves in Crazy Prices and Quinsworth both untouched that they were nice try i do remember the kind of the zany approach to advertising foods to children though do you remember like pepper armies advertising the have we talked oh, about yeah. this recently with like uh, aid edmondson <laughs> as, as the little pepper <laughs> the army little man pa- wait was he actually did he actually portray he was the him? voice of the pepper army man really yeah, he was a little pepper army fucking mind-blowing weirdly aggressive small snack sausage wow yeah but look look peter pepperami didn't produce this he was involved in the john wick movies we're on bond here now this is the broccoli Broccoli so i just had to double check there there is the second film in the bond canon you Mm. know and i don't know i have vivid memories of being superiorly underwhelmed by dr no and its lack of bondness but for me with this one it felt like ooh. They've just got the new pair of shoes and it fits quite well. I was right, happy on yeah. their behalf, if you know what I mean. Ah, right. So maybe Dr. No was like the first day of new shoes where, mm. you know, you go out for a walk in them. You don't really had a walk around in them, so you start to get little blisters and it's just not really comfy. You only get a, new, a pair of new shoes and they're mm. as tough as old boots, you know? <laughs> it's, it's the worst thing because <laughs> you want to get somewhere in the middle of that, in that cycle, because you don't yeah. want to be, Jesus, like just trapped in like some sort of a time paradox, you know? But these have been bedded in a bit, walked on. Oh, yeah. Used. Well, not worn out, just a little bit well-worn. Yeah. You know, that's all I'd say on that front. All of that just kind of came crashing in at the start when, yes, we saw it, the iconic circle tracking across the screen. Mm. And who's that fucker in a hat? Who's he? Yeah, has Bond always had... He hasn't always had a hat. No. I, start, I started to doubt myself. Come on now. Take that off. Have some respect. <laughs> I genuinely was like, wait, has Bond, has Bond always had a hat in those? I don't think he's had a hat. He's not always had a hat. But in this one, you've got a hat. What you actually see at the start, and they just kind of edited it down, is Bond making a quick escape from an awkward party where he's got his hat and he's trying to get his coat. And someone's like, oh, but how do you, you know, just getting out of there nice and quick, you know? Because Bond don't do cozy nights in, you see what I'm saying? But it's from Russia with love, not from Bond with hat love. <laughs> I don't know, I'm trying here. <laughs> After that circle goes across the screen, it then yeah. goes like, uh, 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 it fucking jerks itself across. Like it's glitching out of existence. Whoever the circle operator was in these early films has not quite got it down pat yet, but we're getting there. So we need to get rid of the hat. We need to have a bit of a smoother motion of the little circle. Do you reckon that was done by like kind of audience feedback? Like they love James Bond. They love the sexism. They love the, the quips and all that. They don't like the man wearing a hat. No, get rid of the hat. He's too square wearing a hat, like, right? It is 63. 
three I should point out as well. I was going to ask you if you felt this movie felt of its time. Are you someone who enjoys or likes 60s culture, style, visuals and all that jazz? I could get the sense very early on that this is a movie from the 60s. It wasn't necessarily like 60s culture heavy, but it was kind of... You know, when we watch slightly older movies and it's it's just a bit different because what, it was old. Oh shit, all that old crap. I think we're not quite in the kind of, you know, that dusty old shit, but we've, we've come a little bit from that, but we're not quite into, you know, your modern classics, your Shreks. We're not in dusty old shit territory, but we're in shut up, old man. We're in, we're in that kind of uh, ballpark, aren't we? Shut up and sit, sit, sit down. Shut up, old man. That type of a thing, you know? And I know this is the classic era. This is like the peak Bond, really, isn't it? This is like main Bond, this is. Jesus Christ, peak Bond in second film, Sam. I would hope well, not. Of course, we peaked after our, our second episode, Terminator 2, and I'll, I'll hold my hands up. Yeah, that's f- fair play, all right? That was know? a belter. <laughs> and you listen back to those episodes and you think like, oh, well, obviously using different microphones back then, there were different distances away from the, you know, modern editing techniques haven't come in yet, but you can still see that it is ultimately a Cinema World episode. Modern higher voices were not yet available at the time to the boys when they were recording it, you know? Uh, the name's Sam, uh, Sam, Sam mm. Chaplin. <laughs> That's not how mm. the Bond thing was. Mm. Sorry. The- <laughs> what? He's, he introduced himself like James the Bond, name's you know? James, James That would have worked Bond. actively against us, like, this lad's seen no movies. The name's Chaplin. <laughs> Sam Chaplin. Da-da-da-da! <laughs> but I didn't do that back then, because I hadn't seen all of them films. Now... It's interesting, so this first scene, we have Bond sneaking around an estate, being tailed by a shifty blonde dude. And he's dressed in full tuxedo as well, as Mm -hmm. requested by us in the pre-swirl. Yes, and I remarked early on, Connery was very handsome, good-looking fella. Oh, yeah. Classically handsome. You get it, he's Bond. The nice mixture of hard and soft features, that's what I find, you know? Mm. It's fiery like a whiskey, but smooth like a cream, you know? That's what Take It In, Sean Connery in 1963 is all about. I reckon Sean Connery smelled really nice, and I don't know what I'm basing that on, but I think he'd have a really nice smell to him if he, if he like, walked past you in a room. I figured he'd smell a bit much. I just don't trust men's perfumes from the 60s, you know? Right, yeah. I'd feel it'd be a spicy, heady brew that would be on the neck of Sean Connery ah, in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. This bit at the start was like, if they're showing you, like work in progress footage of a game at E3 it's like hey this is what the next generation of Bond is going to look because you see him walking around in his tuxedo for some reason around some you know you show off the light features and all that jazz he is in I thought it was a graveyard but it turned out to be some sort of a light hedge maze yes now he's sneaking around he's been tailed by a a shifty blonde fella and then we get a little showdown shootout thing and I'll tell you what I do like from old timey 60s films the bullet noise that's that kind of old fashioned you know that proper ricocheting bullet yeah we we had that way back in Good the Bad and the Ugly Mm. it feels like in the 60s everyone was a lot more conscious of the ricochet being you know something that could play into things you know I like that noise I appreciate it a lot Mm. but it also usually if I hear too much I'll start like kind of ducking down a little bit you know maybe that's why you know we don't hear it as often anymore because they don't want us thinking about stray bullets like now this might be unfamiliar to some listeners but over on uh, Patreon we reviewed Mission Impossible 
Impossible 2. Ah. I was surprised to see that hey, 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 we get the kind of the mask reveal that the Bond who's been popped was not Bond, but, a, you know, just a generic no-name man wearing a Bond, a realistic Bond mask. We oh, get that right I, back in the 60s. I tell you what I loved. I absolutely adored it. The sound effect when he took off the fake face, it was wet. It was crispy. It was... Oh, my God almighty. It was like pulling off crisp autumn leaves that had not been fully glued down. With like an <laughs> oohu or a Pritt stick, something very simply but still very crunchy, you know? It, yeah. was, it was something else. Some crunch in there, some slurp. It's, uh, yeah, wonderful foley. Do you reckon this setup here now, having a lad in a tuxedo offed by this buff blonde dude, do you think mm. because it was only the second movie as well, there were a lot of people who've been dragged along to this code, oh, there he is now, the famous James Blonde. That's the man now, is he? No, Dad! James Bond's not been in it yet. It was just a fake. <laughs> they think Sean Connery was James Brunette. <laughs> <laughs> It was early Spice Girls kind of ideas came, came to the surface here in the 60s, you see. I did like the swerve, though, at this. You know, this did catch me. I was, Ooh. like, my expectations, because I knew it was an early Bond, were so low. Like, I went in with the same kind of anticipation to lower my expectations, like seeing children's magic, and then <coughs> being delighted when they did the simplest of things. I was like, whoa! Mind blown, willfully. I'm genuinely not sure where that piece of paper has gone. Very impressive stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a good swerve. And we go from the swerve into a Bond intro. And I see I'm coming in positive at the start here. The dancing girls with the titles and the credits projected onto them looks great. That looks oh, really great. So fucking good. Like, I love just the old school style of like, let's just actually project this for real on these ladies while they dance. Yeah. You know, great. It's simple, but it's really, really effective. It works great. I liked the kind of quite clicky organ sound in the music and then kind of sauntering into classic Bond theme territory ah oh. i feel like i was kind of a tricks in you there that we didn't really get the from russia with love theme there is one but it appeared later yeah in the movie and at the end again as well but at the start it's just they've got a raging hard on for the bond theme in this one and if you mm -hmm. want to hear the bond theme a lot and you don't happen to have like a teenager from the early 2000s with a new phone with polyphonic ringtones nearby which really wants to show it off this is the best place to do it because you'll hear it Almost as wantonly. Do 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 Hey! Good theme. Great theme. Now we open in Venice at a chess tournament? Yeah, episode seven of Queen's Gambit here. Like. This is where I'm like, I want action. I don't want to see a boring nerds game. You know, nowadays, right. <laughs> in, the, in the new Bond, you'll have the Fortnite World Cup. I don't want to. not playing chess. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I've infiltrated the Ishbort group, and now I'm going to go and pwn some noobs, money penny. This, though, I wrote down that I wanted to go to this. Right, fair enough. If I'm going to go and see chess in a bored old community centre, mm. that is pretty dry. But somewhere where it's got big chess tiles and nice columns and all that, I think I'd have a grand old time. That sounds like a bit of pageantry for me. You know, we were saying that the titles, you know, rather than doing some fancy effects, the CG stuff that they have now, like, you know, projecting that 
that stuff digitally onto, just shine it onto some women. With this chess thing, you know, nowadays that would be a big, you know, jumbotron screen showing the actual chess. But back then they just had some blokes moving around some little pictures on a big chess board to show everyone in the audience what was going on in the chess game. I really liked that. I thought that was cool. I don't know if that's like commonplace across chess tournaments in the old times, but... Yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard to figure out because, I mean, my only touch point is Queen's Gambit, but that's set mm. in the past. And you just, as soon as you said Jumbotron there, out of the idea of like, if someone gets put into check, there's a big like, check. Defense, defense. And it, there's none of that. So the fellow who we have our eyes on here who's playing the chess match, mm. he was more than a bit Putin-y looking himself now, wasn't he? It's almost like as if the character of Vladimir Putin was modelled off of this guy <laughs> in this movie. It was wild. He does look a bit dodgy, is what I will say. I'm trying to choose my words carefully now you've mentioned. <laughs> Pointy but tired is what I would yes. say. You know? Yes. I like the way the message was sent to him that he's needed for evil mission stuff. That it's written on like a little coaster thing that's put under his drink so the way he drinks it he can see you are required immediately. That's good. I do like that. That's a bit of fun. Whereas it was these days if they were to do a similar thing it'd be one of those apps that has like a fake pint on it that you drink. And at the bottom of that you'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you have to skip an ad, and then you get your clue about what it is you need to do with your evil mission. And so what we're taken to now is a meeting with Spectre's number one, our mystery man, who we ultimately know is Blofeld, isn't it? But we don't, re we don't know that at this point. That's a mystery that's strung out through these early bonds, I think. They do in the credits, they name him as Blofeld, but they have question markers to who portrays uh, him, which means, okay. I'm assuming because of Screen Actors Guild oh. rules, the man who provided the voice received no payment for this. That is only fair and right, unless he's legally changed his name to question mark, otherwise it just completely ruins it for everyone else, as far as I'm concerned. But we get the fun, you know, classic Bond villain stuff of stroking a cat in a chair, having some fighting fish in a tank. Yeah, you know? like, was this yeah. stuff, like, because for me this was so on the note, because I, I recently watched Austin Powers, I think I mentioned on Swill recently mm. that I've been yeah, watching yeah. Austin Powers with Joe, and, like, this was so on the nose, like, the bag of Bond tricks you know, the, the ones that you would go to to parody, the ones that The Simpsons yes. made fun of. You know, like the fish fighting each other and he's like, but when the other fish gets tired, he fucking baits the bollocks out of that <laughs> fish in there. Look at him now, go on. Hey, hen, hen, hen. I've got a fiver on him, so I do now, that fighting fish <laughs> over there. Go on, and you'll never be back, brought back to Connacht. Come on. It's classic Bond villain stuff. Perhaps it was maybe even, like, too on the nose. Like, it's become... <gasps> uh, no, I don't know. Like, maybe, like, parodied so much that actually seeing it firsthand, to go, oh, right, that's the stroke in the cat. That's the being, you know, mysterious. You can't see the face of the evil person turning around in a chair. That sort of stuff. I've seen goofs on that more than I've seen the actual thing. So actually seeing the actual thing now almost seems a bit, I don't know, like... Passé? Yeah, it's like unusual to see it. But we get set up with like the main mission here for the baddies. So they've got to steal some sort of crypto machine. I don't know if they're running some sort of Bitcoin mining operation or something. But they... <laughs> <laughs> it's called a non-fungible token, number three. It's total bollocks. <laughs> So there's a decoder, decryptor, something. Yeah. It's like a machine that sorts out, I guess, encrypted data, passwords, information. Your fucking country's always going on about cryptography. Go on, like, Jesus, you, it won the war, all right? That's, yeah. that's what you need to remember, right? That, they need to steal that from Russia? 
They want to steal it from Russia. Yeah. To, and they want to steal it so they can sell it. And their plot is rather ingenious. Yeah. They're going to use the fact that their new number three is, in fact, a Russian defector to yes. convince one of the Russian deep agents to team up with James Bond and seduce him and get him to steal it from themselves. And that's some brilliant spy shit right there. And genuinely, I appreciated the baddies earmarking their plan right at the start. And mm. I like that they had the numbering system because it made it very easy to follow who everyone I'm was. number one, you're number two, you're number three, you're number five. You know, where's four? I don't know. Piss, shit, other. And then miscellaneous. And I like that. And I thought that had been invented in The Prisoner, you know, which came a couple of years later. But it's obviously a thing even from the Fleming novels. Mm. It made me feel, I don't know. You know what I think a small if not medium part of this is, Sam, is that mm. I know that the people who make the Hitman games are going to make a Bond game and chosen playing Hitman 3. And I love watching Hitman 3. And I think yeah. this just made me excited for an eventual Bond video game is oh, what it yeah. was. All this big Bond stuff. Yeah. Let me try and see if I can understand the plot. They've got a defector from Russia who is yeah. going to get someone to seduce James Bond so that when he... To, no, she's going to offer seduce him and offer to show him where the thing is so that he can steal it. And then they're going to steal it off him when he gets it so they can then sell it. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Back to the Russians, which is some tricksy shit right there. There was my idea at the start where I was like, oh, is it going to be all political and stuff like that? And I guess it is in the sense that the Cold War is going on. But not really. The Russians aren't really the baddies as much as they just exist. It's just like, it's yeah, they're there. But like, we're not plotting to get the Russians. It's not about the Russians, really. They're just part of this global framework in which Spectre operates. Yeah, Spectre as an organisation are the, the baddies in this. I couldn't imagine Spectre kind of pulling this on ISIS now or anything like that. It didn't feel like that would be, you know, in their wheelhouse anymore. No. Like It feels like it's no longer fun to do this. I was worried with this that the, you know, the chess lad who's kind yes. of explaining his plan for this. I was worried he was going to be like a main villain throughout the whole film. And I was like, what's oh, his... You didn't sort like of... him. Well, I was thinking, what's his power? He's not, very not good at organising things. <sighs> He's, I'm always one step ahead and I know this. I'm like, come on, mate. I don't want your Bond villain to just be, I'm a nerd and I like chess and that's why I'm involved in this. Give up. <laughs> I want Bond to confront him, flip over a chessboard and then punch him and call him a nerd or whatever. Like That would have been very cathartic for the whole Bond universe, I think. I don't want my Bond villains to be intelligent. I want them to be weird looking and have funny <laughs> stuff that they do. So you want brutes, is what you're saying, like? I want brutes. And, oh, look, we do get some brutes. How did the baddies kind of contrast with Live and Let Die, where we had the likes of Baron Samady and Chalotero with your power, which I alone control, which was all about, like, kind of, there was voodoo stuff and psychic powers and all, and, and conspiracy via stereotypes to make a new super drug way worse than crack. See, I think we've come into Bond at different ends of I think <laughs> where so, their yeah. ideas were. <laughs> We've never quite hit that sweet spot. We've come early doors where it's quite simple and like, oh, this is just, you know, a guy who's good at chess or a woman who's defected from the Russian organisation to like, this guy's got supernatural powers. Yeah, because you know what it probably was, Sam? It's that they didn't mm. want Bond to talk about the political slash war intrigue of the time in the 70s which was like the vietnam no. war and shit like that so the cold war was probably great fun because everyone was technically at war but it seemed like kind of a lot more low stakes than some of the other things that were going yeah, on i guess perhaps and the russian defector woman who's the kind of baddie i think she's called kleb 
Cleb, her son Cleb, Cleb. Yeah, she has already found a suitable girl, and her yes. voice goes from Russian to Scottish to thick Irish very, very, very fucking quickly. Yeah, not fully sure what her accent is a lot of the time. That is so shit. But she's she's come to Spectre Island. Oh, come on, Sam. Spectre Island. That Spectre sounds Island. like a bit for the older teenagers in like uh, an Alton Towers or a Chessington World for Adventures. Let's go to Spectre Island. That's where the cool shit is. Yeah, like, I don't want to go on the teacups. I want to go to Spectre Island. I want to go and wrestle with a man topless or use a flame thrower or practice judo or shoot harpoon guns or this is the most mad cap fucking training sequence ever it was hilarious and i loved it it's great I mean, and she's coming to like recruit this blonde bloke to kind of not take out james bond but take out james bond eventually after making sure he can actually recover this cryptography machine and to test him out she puts some brass knuckles on and just punches this lad right in the chest which is i'm guessing the spectral equivalent of kicking the tires on a car that you can buy when you, when you get in a buff bloke you just you know punch him in the chest and see how he how he fares and he does great. i mean she doesn't even check his teeth that's what i would have done first of all like you know and it's also good to get a shaven from the buff hunk so you can count his rings and you know and he was 15 hands high if he was three this lad he was and the towel on him excuse me where did you get this serviette masquerading as something to cover your genitalia my god look out bonds there's a fucking hunk coming for you <laughs> i was just thinking when you were saying they didn't even check the teeth i think once they got to the point where they're hiring jaws then they made it policy from then onwards to <laughs> always check the teeth you know always have a little look because you never know what you're gonna get we don't discriminate on the basis of teeth but we are required by law to check your maw that's the only thing we can do right yes and tatiana romanova is the lady being recruited to seduce James Bond, but she doesn't know that this is a double crossy thing. She just thinks she's working for Russia rather than for Spectre. And of course, you know, the whole time this is all going on as well, mm. Buff Boy, he's been sent off. James Blonde has been sent off as well. And this was the moment when the colonel turned into full Irish, where she said, Sure, have him repair to me in his ten ball. <laughs> like, all right, I get it. Anti Irish sentiment and all that jazz. But don't tar us with the same brush as the USSR <laughs> during the height of the Cold War, guys. Not cool, yeah? Not cool. When uh, aforementioned Colonel Kleb, she's interviewing Tatiana. Tatiana seems very nervous and kind of shy about this thing, but willing to go along with it, kind of, because she has to, otherwise she'll die. So Yeah, she seems to be threatening with shooting her. Yeah. When she mentioned this to Blofeld at the start, she was like, oh, she's dedicated to the cause she'll do whatever we say and then she goes to interview and she's like do i have to do i have to fucking do all this it's like yeah or you'll die this is basically okay. recruitment consultants in a nutshell here telling them that they've got it all sorted they've the fucking perfect person and sure there yeah. they are in istanbul threatening to shoot them did you know what the name of the group was that colonel kleb was pretending to be part of when she was talking to tanya the honey trap was it like smush or smush or something <laughs> smush Smirsh. Smirsh. The whole smirsh. Smirsh, for me, that's the noise when you step on 
a pre-made sandwich that's in a plastic housing, you know what I mean? And it kind of pops out. You get the You get the crinkle of the plastic balls with the smearing of the innards, you know, because it's a soft bread. I'm embarrassed to say I used to watch some of the Smurf sketches on YouTube back in the day, but, you know, I, I eventually unsubscribed. I grew out of it, but, you know, we, it was a different time. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, we cut to James Bond, who is just, like, snogging some woman by a river because he's James Bond. Is he in Cambridge? Because there was a man who was like, look at me, honey, I'm punching a boat, which is a boat with a big stick. Yes. He says something like, oh, good punting, and then Bond goes, well, oh, rather. And I'm like, oh, yes, correct. I'm like, what What do you mean, mate? Just because you're kissing a woman. I don't. Have I missed something with punting? Hey, mate, he's out on the punt, isn't he? Oi, yeah. did you punt last night? Yeah, I fucking punted. I mean, I've never heard it, but it sounds like it would be something yeah, yeah, probably that could be. would be said. And far from the boorish verbiage coming from James Bond, mm. he is nothing but a gentleman picnicker, as I spied the champagne on a piece of rope in the Ooh. canal trick. That's, that's a good one. That's very, very good. If we know one thing about James Bond, it's, he's good at a picnic. Yeah, oh no, that's true. And this is something that's went from the 60s to the 70s. Roger Moore was picnicking as well when we saw him in he Live was. and Let Die. Yeah, he yeah. was picnicking. Brosnan, no time to picnic. And that was the name of the one that he left before <laughs> they finished it, actually. He was like, oh, this is fucking shit now. You know, I'll leave on a high of die another day, actually. Brosnan would get a pasty from a service station, I think, on the way to do his thing. He, he doesn't have time to stop off and picnic. He's eating while going, you know. He's having a ginsters. He's too prepared. He'd have two of the ones you buy in a supermarket already and he'd eat them like really quickly at the end like a fucking wasp or whatever like you know he just horses into himself really quick so james he gets a call from the office he's called into mi5 mi6 mi one of the mi's mi5 oh you're just confused now because you've been watching mission impossible movies isn't it (laughs) he's called into mission impossible 2 no it's mi6 mi6 it is mi6 the james bond he's called into the mi6 office and immediately we get him throwing his hat perfectly onto a hat stand and and for my next miracle and i thought that was pretty cute that's like that's like dorky dad stuff suave i like that you know what i love about it as well is if i mean look don't be challenging me to know hat throwing contests right i threw a hat over a country pub one so I don't need to prove anything anymore but it is not that impressive because it's not he's not that far away he, he's lobbing that like come on I've seen harder shots in froth than that like come on well, that's the thing if it, if it was from really far away and it was a great shot then it wouldn't be as cute but because it's like quite close up and he does it he's like ah it's nice Nice. This was one of his signature bits that he used to do. He would always do that. He'd throw his hat in. And oh, okay. do, you, do you reckon what it is, is when Odd Job started doing he's like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Soured it for me. It's not who I am anymore, really. Like, you know, you know, I just moved on, you know. And so they're going for this very obvious trap and they acknowledge that it's probably a trap. He literally says, she's mental. It sounds like a trap. Yeah. Mental. But then he's like, oh, oh, come on, show me a picture of her. And looks at her and he's like, ah, fuck it, I'll go, I'll go for this obvious Ray. trap anyway. He's like, come on, let's uh, be having it. <laughs> and, and Q is like, I, I told you she's fucking, I, didn't I tell you now? You should probably pack lightly for this obvious trap that you're going into. And then who is it? It's Q. Just a special weapons briefcase. Ah, yeah. (laughs) But like, Q's a little bit shit here because he really had the vibes of 
like someone who's got a very active imagination, but mm. has unfortunately not got enough props to see them through the little bit that they're doing with the children. They're like, oh, I've got a briefcase and it, it's got these special latches and... And also the briefcase, when you open it, it's got this bit in here. And um, there's another secret compartment here in the briefcase. And then get this, Bond. A third secret compartment. In the If you lose your briefcase, you're fucked, Bond, is what I'm saying. <laughs> right? Don't lose this now. Because it has your money, your weapons, your assassination tools as well. Your only chance of survival is this. Be careful. Priority boarding, maybe. I'll just, you know, be careful. And again, because we're on, like, early bonds we're not necessarily getting the most wacky imaginative gadgets from q we're getting like tear gas in a talcum powdered bottle there's literally just a knife in it he's like check this out bond he takes it the knife he's like yeah no one's gonna be fucking with you if you got one of these am i right huh you fucking get him with this huh you get him with the heel of the knife now (laughs) so for a gadget right the idea that this briefcase if you open it like a normal briefcase it explodes in your face yes whereas if you turn the little latches and you open them that way it doesn't explode it's hard to imagine too many situations where that would be useful i mean we do find one later on but i i don't know what that's supposed to be well i mean maybe it's for this exact situation they saw it coming but i mean like i don't want to be going back in like kind of technology shaming because obviously look we're sitting here now on the shoulders of giants with our combination locks in 2021 feeling Mm. very very smug with ourselves indeed i'll never tell you what my four digits are on my briefcase but you know back then that's all they had they had tear gas and they had rotating clasps that's really kind of what it was but I mean mostly a very lo-fi affair this pay attention Bond this is the business end of a book fast bottle come here to me (laughs) if the baddies get you try and make them open your briefcase for you and you'll be alright but don't lose it though don't lose lose it it, because it's got all your stuff in it don't lose it but also it is your primary means of defence as well so you will have to put it at risk for it to be of any use I did like when he went over to Money Penny and they were having their kind of their very over the top saccharine seduction scene and whatnot. and yes. just as Bond goes over to whisper in her ear this really old timey <laughs> horrible buzzer came out and it sounded like he went over to Money Penny's ear it was like a YouTube poop basically it was like <laughs> I'll never kiss you <laughs> Classic Bond. And he writes the name of the film on the photo of Tatiana. Ah, there it is. And it was so cool. It got a Bond theme, which was fucking brilliant. It was like... (laughs) (laughs) The title of the film. (laughs) And more exciting locations were in Istanbul, in Not Constantinople. Uh, No. It's fucking beautiful location i was mm. loved it it was great i've been to turkey and it made me want to go to istanbul specifically just because of how fucking really really oh, there was there's a bit where they go and they look in the crypts and there's all these beautiful tall buildings and all that i hope the architectures remained unchanged in the last 50 to 60 years <laughs> it looks very nice and bond just he's got to check into a hotel and wait for tatiana to come to him He's just like, oh, I'm here now. I just, I guess I just wait. He meets up with his his little mate. Yeah, Perks of the Empire. You've got that whole or man in whatever country that, I don't know, we either ruled for a bit or started a fucking war and then left when the getting was good. One of those. And they explain as they're on the route to this fellow that, oh, kind of everyone knows, you know, we all tail each other. Like the Russians tail us, we tail the Russians. The Bulgarians act on the Russians' behalf. The Turks act on like the UK and the US's behalf, etc. 
I did like when you meet Karen Bay, which is basically every scriptwriter's ideal, like, foreign man that you meet. He's super helpful. He's very nice. He's very charismatic. He gives him a little special medium sweet coffee. And there seems to be a running gag where everyone is his son. He's like, this man over here, he is my son. And this man over here, he's my son. You see, Mr. Bond, I only hire my sons. Later on, does he either threatens or implies to Bond that he'll make him his son like... <laughs> And uh, take a look at that pen I gave you. That's actually my son. Oh, okay. <laughs> and if you turn it upside son. down, it also it's my son undressed, but it's still my son. He also points out this is probably a big bullshit trap and you should just like hang around Istanbul. It's really nice. It's a lovely sunny day. Why don't you take... It made me want to go on holiday this. I didn't enjoy that. But what I did enjoy is we're in the obviously 60s territory. So Bond's team gets used fucking willy-nilly. He checks into the hotel and yeah. slowly unpacks his briefcase to not a bit the entire <laughs> james bond theme the whole thing open the suitcase you know he checks the phone i think that's because he's doing sort of spy stuff and looking behind some pictures on the wall yeah, and seeing if the phone also, is bugged. you know checking the room as well like he's yeah. you know, having a look making sure <laughs> oh the, you know fluffing up the pillows yeah it's a little bit exaggerated for what is just him looking around a room it felt like there was a meeting after this which is lads there has to be criteria for this to actually play now (laughs) all right because we're just getting a little bit selfish now you know we're hooked up to this thing and we're not going to be able to quit it use it sparingly lads sparingly okay it truly is the msg of bond films the actual bond theme you need it you don't notice it you know if it's not there but you really do actually need it i'm just saying when daniel craig returns to our screens we've been light a little bit recently let's go whole hog (laughs) put loads of it in there for every single bond commuting so his mate he's in his his room about to kiss a lady and then his room explodes because there's been an attack i think because bond's there yeah i've expected bond to come in and be like no there'll be only one man making love with a much younger woman in this movie and it's me multiple times i really liked the little underground waterway between the hotel and the russian consulate they've got a sneaky bit that can go under sail underground to kind of get go on a little boat <laughs> i was worried because i thought that we had gotten into the water level but i didn't realize it was actually a sewer level which i'm ambivalent about at best you know yeah and i do like them uh perving on the russian consulate using a little secret periscope that he tries to explain how that got installed but i don't know how you'd get that in there but they've got a little periscope that they can watch their conversations in the consulate uh, but not listen to them there's just a bit where like a lady's walking in and bond's like here look at this and he's like what's that it's some lady in a skirt oh mate it was voyeuristic to say the very fucking least bond was horny in this movie folks yes but you know he's james bond though that's his gimmick isn't it it is horny horny man he's very horny and like i guess he likes this guy because this guy is similarly like kind of horny as well for most of the movie it feels like i think that there's something a bit seedy about two lads peering into a periscope and kind of passing it to each other oh no no no, look look, come here getting each other off it look at yeah it's a little bit seedy even if it's not used for seedy purposes. We know what's going on down in them submarines, Sam. We know. You think, oh, you think you're all, oh, big fucking man down there. You think you're safe with your nuclear weapons and your fucking little periscope. I know what you're up to, you fucking creeps. 
And so the two lads, because there's been that attack, they have to go and hide out in a gypsy settlement. Is that all right for me to say? It's that They do say that in the film. The movie was at, gr- at great lengths to say that it was a gypsy settlement and whatnot. Mm. So, I mean, I'm assuming it was probably... In modern times, a Roma encampment might be a more politically correct term, let's just say. We also get information about the baddie Bulgarian that they've got. Check out this fucking mid-level boss right here. His name is Krilenko, and he kills for pleasure. Right. Yeah, so I, I kind of didn't even really register who this guy was or what his motives were, other than he was just around and a, a bit of a threat kind of hanging around for this middle section here. I guess what I maybe, like James Bond, was more focused on was the extended belly dancing scene where we just get you know young women dancing and james bond having a proper look and it goes on slightly longer than you expect slightly longer and also the fact right where it's like this is james bond he's a cultured man he's sitting down he's enjoying fine liquor and watching this lady do a sexy belly dance and like it does go on quite a bit and not to say it's not a fabulous belly dance it is but right after that we then get a cat fight essentially between two of the roma girls who apparently have a blood feud and it can only be settled in crop tops and hot pants immediately after the belly dance i mean it felt like a two-course meal that was not necessarily warranted at this point seeing as bond had just come from perving up a periscope it it did almost seem like this bit was you know how can we get some mild sort of titillation in here shoehorn that into this middle bit because it is just back to back and they've just plonked that all in there you fuck off with your miles these are stackable buffs sam this was medium this was this was medium is why it was. Yeah. And I can't remember what they're fighting about, but it gets its own <laughs> dramatic music for a bit. I think they're fighting over a man or something. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it's, it's over who gets to marry the chieftain's son. And we right. get, of course, lots of glimpses back to Bond during this. So you'll have like a shot of like heaving breasts or like sweaty midriffs. And then it'll cut back to Bond being like, oh, mm. I see. Charlie Angel's Full Throttle really is the must-see movie of the year 2001. It all gets interrupted by a bit of gunfire because we've got some baddies sneaking in. Bloody Bulgarian oh, baddies sneaking in. in our fun. <laughs> Bond just kind of gets into it. Like, he mm. has a proper, like, let's fucking, oh, right, you want to start shooting? I'm not 100% sure he didn't kill some of the Turks during this. He was firing pretty willy-nilly. Like. <laughs> Everyone else in this sequence looks like they know who they're firing at, or they're setting fire to stuff, or they're running around. Bond just looks like he's stumbled into it and doesn't really know what he's doing, but he's trying to, like blend in but he really sticks out because he's you know he's James Bond but he's just like bang (laughs) it really Uh, reminded uh, me of when I did my recorder recital when my one and only recorder recital Mm. when I was like five years old and I realised that no one noticed when I played the wrong note so I just played exclusively the wrong notes for the rest of the time looking around trying to fit in and it feels like that's what Bond's doing here this isn't his fight he has nothing really to do here other than well I've got a licence to kill and there's some lads here looking to be killed so he goes full Grand Theft Auto he fucking sets fires. He shoots people off of roofs. He saves the life of Vavra. And Vavra thanks you for saving his life. You are now his son. And then Bond sheepishly is like, well, you know, I did help you and all that, you know? And they're like, oh, do you, would you like like um, like um, a reward? Or, uh, well, I remember earlier when those two ladies did... um. Oh, what what was it? It was like it was a blood feud, I think, or like it, there was an. Could you send, could you send the cat fight ladies over to my room, please? 
And there they are, happy as can be. <laughs> Not fighting with each other anymore. And, oh, Mr. Bond, you have to solve their dispute. And uh, let me tell you, he uh, he solves their dispute, if you know what I'm saying. Busy Bond, big appetite. Who was the guy you mentioned before? The mid-tier baddie. Krilenko. Krilenko. <laughs> He's managed to get away, but he's he, he's sort of hidden in a billboard or something now. He's this in a billboard. so fucking funny. With it a picture so of a woman on it, a smiling shit. woman. The big billboard was smiling woman. And like yeah. Bond is fucking well hands-on. Like him and Karam are literally just stood outside and they're looking around with the infrared scope on Bond's adorable little dinky gun. It is the cutest thing. It's very with sweet. His little scope. Aaron now. <laughs> so lovely and it's all modular as well it's like something you get in Ikea like if they started selling high caliber rifles you know and <laughs> Q just like there is an Allen key in here and there's a different <laughs> size Allen key in here make sure you've got the right no, instead of Q showing up it's that lad with the pointy nose and the dot eyes and he's just like shrugging at him like, <laughs> they decide they decipher using the infrared scope that your man's got a secret exit that he's going to come out of so yeah. Kerem's sons handy as they are they knock on the door so your man goes out the secret entrance which is the the mouth of the lady and then they're like quick and they just shoot him in the back and it's like and james bond has a little (laughs) oh she should have kept her mouth shut what uh well that was no that was that was connery's way he would find a way to shoehorn in the misogyny you've killed a man it's now it's not the time for your well-established views on women talking sean come on i think that when they were writing this scene they went backwards from the quip like they, they had bond saying should have kept her mouth shut and then thought how can we make that make sense when we've got a male baddie hiding what if somewhere? he escapes from a lady's <laughs> mouth a giant lady's mouth Ah, uh, it's good to know that Bond was creatively bankrupt by film too. <laughs> James finally encounters Tatiana in a hotel bed. I can't remember how did he sneak out of his room in a towel to go into her room, or she already in his room? No, and he no, went no. he's around. he earlier he knew that his room was being bugged, so he got the bridal suite. So she right. he's got a nice big room now, and she was in the master bedroom. Okay. And of course, it's early James Bond, so you might remember the iconic the name's Chaplin, Sam Chaplin. That's the way he used to do it. Yeah. But instead, this movie he says, "My friends call me James Bond." <laughs> Hello! Not quite there yet. I'm the seventh secret agent, so I am. (laughs) And, I mean, the the flirtatious dialogue is pretty... How would I describe this? Quick fire, because... They're just kissing and doing exposition. It's expedition. What's going on here? (laughs) There's extra kissing, that's for sure, because he's saying, you're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. She says, thank you, but I think my mouth is too big. And James Bond says, no, I think it's the perfect size, for me at least. Jesus Christ, James. I mean... And then he slowly puts his hand in her mouth. Because that's what he's into, the freak. He's just checking if any baddies are in there. He's just... (laughs) Once bitten, twice shy. That's fine. And he's like asking about the lector machine, the cryptography thing. But she's not having any of that. Fair play to continue being like sexy and kissing while talking about cryptography and the Mm. machines that are built to decipher things. It's not really hot and heavy chat, to be honest. No, and it's made even less sexy by the fact that there are two lads perving through a two-way mirror behind them, just filming it on a little oldie timey camera just making sure they get all the deets they're from the spectre affiliate organization voyeur 
they're a, a kind of a satellite group. They're <laughs> just unrelated perverts. Just yeah. <laughs> There's a little scene, a kind of sneaking around scene, where Bond's got to get the Russian consulate floor plans from Tatiana. And she manages to, to covertly get them to him, but only because there was a, yeah. another baddie sneaking in. But that other baddie was taken out by blonde baddie, you know, the big blonde lad who managed to protect Bond from this outside attacker before he could get attacked. But then Bond's like, oh, why? who's killed this bloke who was trying to kill me? Because it want me and it want you. What's going on? He, st- he got the floor plan, so he's fine, I guess. I mean, pretty obvious at this point, James, that it is a trap. But James, he's kind of committed to the bit now because it means he gets to have sex and he that is his favorite the british see a trap as a challenge and that's what the chess guy was saying at the start they know it's a trap but they still think they're smarter than it so they're going to try and get around it and that's what well, is here. that what ireland was a trap <laughs> fucking turned out that way didn't it huh now so <laughs> <laughs> James. He's chatting to Tatiana on a boat now? Yes, he meets her on a boat. And yeah. like a big fucking creep, he's got a photo machine because it's, I don't, I don't call it a camera. <laughs> it is a photo machine. It's this like weird, like strange, like fucking accordion thing. It looks like a jack in the box is going to come out of it and take her picture. But it's yeah. secretly a recording device. What? Whoa, that visual recording device is actually an audio recording device. It's, <laughs> it's less useful. Yeah, he's asking her questions about the crypto machine and so back in mi6 they're listening back to this tape later yeah british perverts are standing uh, by to listen to your conversation so m's there listening to it with money penny and the, that whole gang and then in the middle of it she just breaks out with oh james james will you make love to me all the time in england and they're like, oh uh, steady on james what are you like we're trying to get some details and before that as well he mm. specifically mentions like this one time me and m were in tokyo we got fucked up on drugs and had sex with loads of prostitutes, right. man. So when that story and, and starts, yeah, M's like, rather. <laughs> he pauses it, sends Money Penny out, and then when it's just him and the lads, presses <laughs> play again to be like, I want you to hear this fucking story, lads. Gather you round. And he's, I was hard for days, gentlemen. And fucking, <laughs> yeah, shut up, M, you fucking creep. What is this? Uh, <laughs> fucking Tory sleaze is what it is. Now, Bond, Karen Bay, and Tatiana, it's now the the kind of heist. They've got to steal the machine, right? This is now happening. How is this how the fucking British intelligence secret agent in the mm. middle of fucking the Cold War with a Russian secret agent, you know, yeah. they just set a bomb and run inside and beat everyone up. It's like how I would approach this if it was presented to me in a sandbox video game. Don't do that, yeah. James Bond. No, if I could just, just blow up and run in and hope that you can Cruise. get away with it. I like that, though. I, I'm st- hmm. See, I am kind of coming around to this film now because I like the idea that in a fucking James Bond film, the plan is... <laughs> Big Bang will run in and get it and then run out again. That is quite fun. They still will look at you fucking po-faced when earlier in the movie they denounce the bombing that happens that tries to kill them and then they're like, right, let's set a quick bomb or two here so we can steal a fucking deciphering machine. Get better engineers. Get Alan Sugar off. He's probably down there selling car aerials right now. He'll do you a video phone or something like that at least or a ZX Spectrum now. But yeah, I do like the simplicity of that plan and they do managed to get in get the machine and escape to a train they literally jack this 
high-end spy device. Yeah. Like it's someone from a posse who's been put in a local jail in the Old West. Let's rig some dynamite, James! <laughs> go, 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 go! And escaping by a train as well is very Old yeah, West, I, I think, know. you know. <laughs> Pop it onto a train. Bond goes in, he's got his, like, handkerchief pulled up over his nose, like, you know? <laughs> the, the only thing that would have made it better if they were escaping on one of those things on a track where you have to kind of push a lever <laughs> up and down to, kind of, to get on, out of there. Come on, can you put your back into it? <laughs> Them dang Russians is after us! <laughs> But no, no, they don't do that. They they simply choo-choo no. choose to go on a train instead. Yes. The blonde man is on the train, and also a Soviet security man is there as well. So Bends. you've got double baddies on the train. <laughs> There's easy cover that they have, which is Bond is saying that they're on, you know, they're on their honeymoon, they pretend to be a married couple, and mm. to go along with the bit, assuming that he brought this along with him when he was setting a bomb, but he's yes. got a, a big case full of nice summer clothes for her. Now, yes. I always watch with closed captions when I'm watching movies because oftentimes I always want to make sure I catch what people say and I don't understand an accent or uh, mm -hmm. someone mumbles or the audio is not great. And it was very thankful that closed captions had an extended sequence as she looked through all the clothes saying she coos <laughs> was that in the, in the little yeah she coos thing. she coos i mean she was cooing she, she was, was cooing. cooing and con she was absolutely yeah. she liked the dresses that were given and kevin i'll tell you what i do like these trains with the little rooms in them that they had Aww. in the oldie times and they still sort of have now i want to go on one of those and look we just had their plan being well set off a big bomb run in and get something i do like that james when he leaves the room leaves tatiana in there says i'll knock three times when i come back is that mi6 spy stuff there i'll knock three times so you know it's me like is that no that's no, no, james no. bond that's no, a spy no. no the mi6 one is i'm pretty sure yeah, so you, yeah, want yeah. Watch, you want to watch that yeah. one you know yeah but, but be at your door before you know it i'll knock three times so you know it's me i'm like mate you're a you were a proper spy. Come I was on. Say, if I was working in any sort of a job where I had to knock on doors, and I have had to knock on doors for jobs in the past, I'd probably go for a triple threat. I go for the da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah. That's a knock. That's a that's a knock. That's a normal knock. So he's just or, saying I will knock normally. If you want authority and get them out there quick. You know? Oh, yeah. The double yeah, yeah, tap yeah. at the start, and mm. then the other one, which is, I mean, business. That's good. Come out and answer your cat survey. <laughs> and when Karen Bay sees Tatiana with the nice dress on, all he seems to say is just charming. He coos. He coos. <laughs> he coos in his own way, which is just like, charming. 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 The lads, they apprehend the Russian security baddie. So he's been got. But Kerem is dead as well. Yeah. I, I was so mm. upset. I was convinced that he was going to betray Bond. But it's obviously from a simpler time when Bond just had mates. You never see that <laughs> anymore, do you? No. The way you established a baddie was that a baddie kills Bond's mates. So, yeah, he's one mate down. Also, the tiny little observation that I thought was really, really cute and completely, well, not completely unnecessary, but like a nice little touch, was that while Bond's out of the room dealing with all this shit, like his mate dying or, you know, some spy stuff, Tatiana's in her room looking in a mirror using her hair to make a little moustache to give herself a little... <laughs> just, give, like, ah, just, just for a bit of fun. And then he comes back in. Kerem and the Russian man are both dead. Very worrying, very concerning. Bond thinks that Tatiana's up to no good and suspects that she's 
a double agent or was double crossed him or something because he properly slapped oh, her. Oh yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it was very difficult to suspend my fucking disbelief of Sean Connery here. It was fucking violent shit. I mean, I figured I'd seen it before. Bond just like straight up just be like, "Come here, you," and hitting a lady. But yeah. it was like the the fact that the if it would happen in any other movie now, it would have to preface it or kind of set the tone. It's done as like just the you know as simple as a laugh like it just happens you know yeah 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 but Karim's son has now been informed that his dad's dead so so now Bond's got to go to Zagreb to meet a guy called Nash yeah he's man in Zagreb he's got to meet a new guy now he's got to meet a new guy because he knows when they're coming up to the border that because he's not got his mate there now he would get his special briefcase the source of all of his woes right yes 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 he won't be able to get it through so he has to to meet his man instead but his man is bloody Mr. (sighs) Blonde who does an outstandingly unconvincing British style accent even though I'm pretty sure he is British He's like, hello, I'm Captain Nash, and I am from the United Britons. And this is the first time we hear him say anything. Does he say that he's Captain Nash? Because I yeah. misheard that as uh, Kevin Nash. And I was like, that's amazing. That must be where that wrestler got that name from. But it wasn't that. <laughs> So, um, yeah, first time we hear the blonde bloke say stuff and he's in character as Mr. Nash, Captain Nash. And Bond's all fine with it. He's like, okay, let's go for dinner in the lovely restaurant car. Oh, uh, look at this. Did you see the restaurant carriage? Looks look, lovely. It's obvious that Sam and I, and I'm sure many people like us, just want a Centre Park style experience on a train. That's all it is we want, you know? If we just want Centre Parks on a train, is that too much to ask? Like, it's Snowpiercer, but instead of increasing capitalism, wrong going up the train to be more pools instead you know and adventure activities and a few trees that's all that's what i want that's what i want on a train and that's why dragons i'm asking for five hundred thousand pounds for five percent of my idea center parks on a train patent pending it just it seeing them eat lemon sole and drink champagne on a train just reminded me of like probably all the greatest meals i've had in a train have come out of a paper have come out of a plastic bag you know yeah yeah yeah. trying to think if i've ever had like a proper sit down meal on a train maybe once maybe once one of those after the podcast festival when it was running it was our tradition when we were coming back we'd get like you know a bag of bits you know you get some cold meats you get a wine that you have to drink quickly before it reaches the same temperature as the passengers on the train you know but hey a sit down meal that's kind of what i want guys you know yeah i want a serviette and a doily that's what i want those two things and not the sort of serviette that the mr blonde was wearing as a towel earlier okay, keep your used serviette thank you very much I will unfold my own but James Blonde he's drugging the wine oh no but he's drugging the champagne which I, I had to respect the game there because right. it's fizzy so his little tablet that fizzes nondescript uh, yeah you know and he's ordered red wine with his fish which is bad and suspicious bad. now I come from a school of thought of thinking you can have any drink with any meal yeah and it's fine which is an uncultured idea i once watched my dad order tea while he was eating a roast dinner and it was funny because at the same time like everyone was like what are you doing you madman he's like no i want tea right now and the waiter's like well you'd give them how he wants obviously tea that's fine i mean also my dad always orders milk when he goes to mcdonald's and i i (laughs) I am a firm believer in that as well (laughs) 
Uh, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. Uh, the tea with the roast dinner, I, I can get behind. But oh, <laughs> lad, come on, me. I'm. I'm so excited for lockdown to end. The first of the Big Macs with milk. <laughs> when that cold milk hits my lips. Baby. Big Mac, big milk, yes please. I'm going to McDonald's. I'm going to get three of the cartons and pour them into a, one of those big gulp cups, you know? Drink the whole goddamn thing. You're talking like wine and certain meats or certain fishes and things like that. I don't that. know the combinations that are good or bad, and I don't really eat fish or really drink wine. So I think I, I'm I'm a faux pas waiting to happen if I end up in a posh restaurant one day. Look, I'll tell you what, a five pound Pinot Noir and a fish finger sandwich is game in my book. You know, yeah. it's all about the flavor of the wine. And I would actually, I would counter and anyone who says there's like a steadfast rule that you can never have a particular type of wine. Like I had heard all my life red wine with fish, but I've been to restaurants that have paired red wines with fish and it's been fine, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it, it's not an exact science, but I sort of think, you know, any meal, just have it with a nice Pepsi Max or something. Yeah, no, what, d- d- no what we'll do is we will get, soul and we'll pair it with some wines and i'll pair mine with some wines and you'll pair yours with the various types of pepsi your yeah. max your caffeine freeze etc then we yeah. can find the ultimate pairing here because i mean bond's drinking fucking champagne with his fish that's a fucking faux pas if there ever that's, was i one. don't think that's tradition is it what the fuck is it new year's day like what are you doing like that we get a showdown between these two because bond's kind of confronting him and he's like oh you're specter Oh, yeah. and uh, But then Bond, I don't know if he's doing this on purpose to get double bluff someone, but he gets suckered in by a weird, like... Or, no, he says, I'll show you what my plan is on a map, and Bond leans down to have a look at him explaining his plan on a map, and then he just gets hit in the back of the head. Like, that's... Bond's better than that. Bond's not going to fall for, come here now, look at my map, chop chop across the back of the neck. Come on. So it's, it's either that Bond is such a genius who's so many steps ahead, he's yeah. willing to take a few licks like that, or... Bond's a bit of an Egypt in the spur of the moment, but once danger is on, he's then come, he'll get in. out of any like. And I think that's pretty good for a secret agent because that guarantees you'll get into jams, but also get out of jams. This blonde guy, and it's this James Bond guy, was secret agent. Is he? What's his fucking deal? Is he English? Is he Scottish? What is he? Sorry, Nash, the blonde fella, Mister Blonde. He doesn't really need to give away his entire plan and everything he's up to but he really wants to here he just wants to tell bond here's what i've been doing here's my whole plan here's the whole thing that we've been doing sounds to me like sam chaplin's never wrestled with the demon known as hubris which uh, i have to break it to you sam thus was the hubris of this man he had to he was compelled to as a man who has tried to uh, recently make cinema style popcorn in a microwave i have wrestled with hubris because uh, i just got sugary um, sugary water everywhere all over the microwave because I didn't seal the thing properly. Oh, um, Sam. Yeah. So I've wrestled with hubris. You know, I thought, uh, well, I can pop my own popcorn. No, no, the fine. difference would be is at the start of this podcast, if you felt compelled to tell me that you, like, just out of the blue, by the way, I made I made <laughs> yeah. some cinema style popcorn recently. And here's how I did it. And you show me the plan, like, you know. Right. See, I'm the idiot, though, Sam. Like, Look, I got some popcorn. I'd lean in and I'd get whacked then, like, you know. Pop like off <laughs> yeah, he gives away his whole thing. But he, he's telling Bond how he's going to kill him. He's going to shoot him a bunch of times, but not kill him with the shots until he comes over and kisses his foot. 
I'm like, mate, stop getting off on being a villain. Don't just yeah. Stop he, being he, weird. he went full on wrestling bad guy at the end there. It was yeah. kind of like, you're gonna kill. You're gonna bow down to me as the king this Sunday, James Bond brother. It was somewhat uncharacteristic for a man who spent most of the movie not really being characterized by much at all other than his buff blondness. He's yeah, <laughs> he's a blonde bloke, and it also he's got like this blackmail film from the night that Bond and Tatiana spent together, and he's got a film of that. It's like, oh show this to everyone and then people will know that james bond likes shagging i'm like mate that's <laughs> that's playing into his hands he should have threatened them he's like i'm gonna watch it in front of you and i'm gonna get all turned on you're gonna feel weird about it you you're no arnold schwarzenegger you can't handle this level of voyeurism i'm hoping that's what they start doing in, in more recent bonds that like the, the next one they just have a villain he's like i'm just gonna watch videos of you ha- having having it away you know how he sees at the start how he kills the fake Bond and he tries yeah. to kill actual Bond here as well. He's got the special gimmick where he pulls out the long, thin wire. Now, yeah. that was parodied in The Simpsons and I know it's shown up in some other things as well because I'm just using this to explain something stupid I did as a child. Okay. I'm excited. And I'm blaming people. I'm hoping a yo-yo is involved. Not a yo-yo. Which when I first was given a watch, age seven or eight, that had like, not a digital one, like an actual one that has like a nice windy bit on the side. I had been given like, with a nice lovely bright orange Velcro strap because I was a child. And it had the windy bit on the side. And I was like, what's this for? And they're like, oh, you you can set the time with it. And I was like, all right, gotcha. And then I proceed to spend the next like six months to a year trying to pull out this wire with my little fingers. And I actually broke a nail for the first time in my life. My, an early Eww. memory of trying to pull out this solid mechanism that was in place, <laughs> assuming there was a spool of the deadly wire. Now, if I got it age seven or eight, I would have been like a dog that caught the fucking bus. I wouldn't have known what to do with it. Was it, you know, for the best, it's not a <laughs> yeah, standard issue thing, like, you know. That's a good point. If you had actually got, you know, killer wire, what's it called? Garrotting wire Garrot or whatever wire. It is. I'm not sure what where you would have gone from there. It's probably for the best that it was just a solid winding mechanism that you couldn't... <laughs> it was the best. And I don't wear watches almost to this day, and I kind of think it's because mm. in a part I don't trust myself. Like, I'm going right, to be like... Yeah, yeah. And try and kill someone like you know keep them away from me please i'll check my phone in my pocket like a boy well speaking of gadgets and gimmicks bond he manages to get the blonde bad guy here to open the booby trapped case because he's like how much they paying you i'll double it i've got some nice antique coins in my little briefcase shows them to him and says oh there's more in that briefcase up there and gets him to open it so <laughs> and i was expecting a great quip once he killed him now he just like takes the money back off him like this is mine yeah not yours anymore fair enough that fight sequence to be fair to this film that fight sequence in particular was very kind of claustrophobic oh it reminded me of Casino Royale a lot more than any of the other Bond things that we've watched it really had that kind of gritty you know visceral tense yeah, like seeing Bond afterwards with like, he has like bloody hands. Yeah. Can you picture Roger Moore with bloody hands? It doesn't really, Not really. like, you can imagine him no. having eaten too much jam going, oh, look, I've eaten too much of this delicious sub millish. It's so sweet and sticky. I hope no bees come afoul of me. And then you had the sound of the train going along the tracks because they bust a yeah. window open and he just, and very close and, and kind of compact. That was pretty good. That was visceral. And he ends up like overpowering this guy and just stabbing him with his secret briefcase knife. Remember the knife from earlier it's oh, just a fucking a, knife that was a handy little gizmo in the end <laughs> very good a classic gadget there from q a knife <laughs> very 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 good so he overpowers mr blonde to james and tatiana now get away 
in a truck driven Fire by a think, truck. one of those sons. Tatiana, she's still all sleepy from the drugs that she got drugged with. So he literally puts her to bed on a bed of roses, which I thought was nice. Just dumps her on the back of a truck, basically, as they drive away. So off they go. There's something about James Bond being in a rickety old truck while he's been pursued by lads with a grenade launcher, lads with grenades in a helicopter. And also as well, like just lads with grenades in a helicopter. That's like such a child's perception of what you would do like go into a helicopter and be like and just drop it down excellent great threat i do like that they've not got a grenade launcher they've got nature's grenade launcher am i right fucking gravity man hand mate there it goes but they fuck it up there's a spectre heli chopper it gets dispensed of in a kind of i don't want to say boring encounter but not i love this yeah i thought it was really jarring when they did those kind of shots of bond being like and like the the overhead thing was like like they're trying to run him over with the helicopter it was great (laughs) But like, I love how much like just straight up baddies they look like. They look like the fucking baddies from Inspector Gadget or something like that. Like fucking yeah, bastards no, in leather jackets and furry hats. And yeah, he just shoots a guy as he's holding a grenade. <laughs> Down goes the chopper. Ah, you blew up your own helicopter. Ah, ah. ah. <laughs> no, I didn't blow up anything. No, I, I only had a gun. You blew up your grenades. Ah, ah, your shit, your shit. Meanwhile, the chess nerd, remember from before, he gets murdered by Mystery Blofeld for his plan failing. Oh, he, but it's great. It, they used them. He's kicked with knife. a poison shoe. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, to be kicked with a poison shoe. That's like exactly how a platypus would get you with that little spike. And, eh, ah, you'd be fucked. Yeah. You'd be done for. And those platypuses wear, wearing the little shoes that they do. Oh, absolute <laughs> bastards. I mean, Bond's having no luck here on his journey away because first it was a helicopter. Now he's getting boat attacked as they try and boat away. Uh, it's not all bad for Bond, though. He does have a fun new hat. Yes, he does have a nice He's hat. wearing like a little captain's hat, which at the start is like, when he gets into a boat with a lady and he puts on a captain hat, I'm like, oh, Bond, he's off to have a picnic and a fuck or whatever it is that he does when he... With but instead, like, he's been chased by Spectre's top guys, like the green yeah. team and the blue team. And I would think it'd really get under your skin if you're chasing a high-end secret agent and they're wearing a silly hat like that, kind of thumbing their nose at you almost, I would say. Yeah. Very brazen of Bond. I thought not taking it quite seriously enough now the bit here where he's been chased by some baddies on boats and he's using the fuel drums from his boat to kind of place them strategically this feels quite video gamey oh so video gamey except they're blue they're not red barrels and I was saying I was like are you sure you want to put those in there because they may not explode and you know shoots them they all explode and then he he does a little quip which is there's a saying in England where there's smoke there's fire and then it suddenly becomes really not quite as fun anymore as we just see all these men on these boats just burning to death. it's horrible and the music just turns because they ah. it, it's an oil based fire if they're jumping into the water I think it'll probably like there'll be a bit of a yeah you know it just you know remember before the belly dancing was a little bit longer than expected yeah uh, this scene of baddies perishing from fire that went on a little bit too long and the music was a little bit too sad and i, I just mean, kind of yeah it brought yeah. forth you don't want to feel kind of sorry for the baddies but i was like oh no they're all dying in a horrible fire similarly was quite sympathetic and kind of got me thinking towards the end like you know 2021 state of the world ain't so great with the kind of superpower setup as it is i mean mm. i would have imagined spectre would have been a soft world 
power, Sam, you know. Yes. Could have been worse, you know, having Spectre running the show, you know? But look, while I was a little bit traumatised by that, thankfully what we get now is a kind of, <laughs> I was going to say something a bit more goofy, but it's Captain Colonel Kleb, uh, the lady, the Russian defector lady. Is this something that Bond has lost? Because I don't think we got it with with our Brosnan Bond and we didn't get it with our Craig Bond, but we certainly got it in our older Bonds. The last little sting bit. Yeah, of, of there being a run-in on Bond at the end where Bond's like <laughs> celebrating and someone comes in like at the last second and fucks him up, yeah. you know? So, oh, we'll settle down in this nice room, blah, 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 blah. And the maid comes in and the maid's Cleb in disguise. It is pretty. I mean, I was excited by the fact that they made one of the main villains like an older woman and also the fact that she's like going to straight up try and kill James Bond. And she does come tantalizingly close to doing it. But, yeah. I mean, Bond doesn't stab her, does he? Because it looks like he's stabbing her, beating the crap out of her while they're staying. They struggle for a bit while Tanya is like trying to decide well, what to do. And Cleb's trying to kick him with the poison shoe. Because he, at the end, says, she's like, horrible woman. And he said, yes, she had her kicks. Or she's had her kicks or something. Because she was trying to kick him with a poison shit. I think it'd be like, and her fucking shoes are shit as well. I hate them. Get out of here. Shit shoes. Fuck off. (laughs) And then, and that's kind of it. They do big kiss on a gondola. He has a little perv. The film of him fucking the little blackmail film he's got it oh nice and then lobs it in the water let's be having you also very funny i think they still do this in james bond when it comes up saying the end not quite the end yeah that's nice not quite the end james bond will return in goldfinger i think it's the next one after this yeah goldfinger was the next Uh, one yeah no there we go there we are at the end of from russia with love at the start Mm. of it it was from russia with but it seems like, I don't know if you're turned on it. I don't think you are. It feels like you did not enjoy the on-the-nose, high-octane, thick, heavy, cream-risen-to-the-top jus of James Bond. Because this was the purest Bond I think I'd ever seen in my life. I don't know. It felt somewhat like, oh, this is Bond. This is proper Bond. And also, like, this is not quite Bond. Were you bored? A little bit at points. A little bit bored at points. There's a lot more uh, action for an oldie movie than you'd expect. Yeah. I do, it just didn't quite click with me. But you know what? What I said where, you know, by going through it and thinking about it a bit more, I have softened on it a little bit. And I'm a little bit sweeter on this film now, having had a little chat through of it. But generally, my takeaway was still not like fist pumping. Yeah, Bond. Where does it rank against Goldfinger, which you have seen? So you have seen another Connery Bond. Is this... Long time ago, and I, to be honest, I do remember feeling a little bit disinterested and bored with Goldfinger. But that was partially because I was watching it for college and had to watch it and just pay attention to the music only and see how it was scored. So it'd be interesting to watch that with fresh eyes and see, mm. you know, whether that's a step up. I think when we put the vote out, there were a few comments saying, "Oh, so Sam must have seen Goldfinger because otherwise you'd be putting Goldfinger in here." So I think maybe Goldfinger is like a step above this in terms of esteem and love from the Bond community. My only, I think it is held in higher esteem and higher yeah. regard. I think. Many consider it to be like the best or the quintessential Bond movie. Yeah. But I think just for me, uh, it's one of those movies that has a big weight to it because it is Goldfinger and all that. And I, mm. it is weird to watch a Bond movie with low expectations. And I think that's what was so pleasantly surprising about this is that I was expecting it 
you know, from memory, I was like, this is one of the early ones. It's super janky. And it kind of was, but it also, like, they had figured out, I'd say, a good 65% of what makes James Bond tick, you know? Yeah. And the fact that they kind of awkwardly lean in way too much into some parts. Like, if you want a more violent, more misogynistic Bond, this guy's your man. He won't be gambling <laughs> or drinking martinis, but he'll be fucking doing everything else in between, I guess, to make up for the absence of martinis, etc. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of torn now in terms of thinking about how I feel about it. It doesn't seem like you had the same amount of fun you did with Live and Let Die now. No, I don't think I did. I think I probably ended up having more fun with even Brosnan's Die Another Day. I'm not by any means saying that's necessarily a better film. But I think I had a bit more fun with it. I right. Think, I don't know if I had a lot Was of fun with it. Was this not silly enough for you? Is that it? Is it it's taking itself too seriously? Because Connery is... Like, he is quintessential Bond, and that is kind of hard to kind of be tongue-in-cheek, I guess, about yeah. that. I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to be more leaning towards the Roger Moore ridiculous jetpack bullshit, if that would be more my speed, if I watch some of those. I don't know, but mm. this didn't quite tickle me in the way that I thought this would for a Bond film. And uh, did think, you get yeah. the Bond feeling? Because I don't I think if it would have come up naturally, you would have you would have mentioned it. But we had a lot of very Bond moments. But I don't know if the Weirdly, feeling came. Didn't. That fight sequence on a train between blonde henchman and Bond, where it gets very very tense and very sweaty, and you know, really quite uh, scary in terms of yeah. the fight. Well, not scary, but like you know, some real tension there. I think that might be the closest I got. But some of the more traditional Bond stuff, where you know, there's quips and silliness and. Action, Action, uh and glamour uh i didn't i didn't quite get the bond feeling i didn't get it you said to be a nice car he didn't really drive more he only had a flower truck in this the shit cars in this mate rub it well for a top gear petrol dick like you i mean that's just not gonna <laughs> cut it is it no it's absolutely not that's my issue the cars weren't cool enough not enough cool cars well go on then put us out of our misery what's your star wipe rating what's your double o rating for from russia with eh, I'm struggling with this because I don't... I'm flicking between two, and I've been in this position before. Which is why I'm struggling right now. <laughs> so you had big Alan Sugar energy there when he said... <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry about this, but 2.5 star wipes. You heard it here first. Oh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swell. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swell is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at cinema swell on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash cinema swell on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments, or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Bye.